Hi, I'm Jess, and welcome to another episode of Dose of Pharma. Today we are joined by Ariba, who is a medical student at Monash, and we'll be discussing studying. To begin, Ariba, would you be able to tell us a bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, sure thing. So um, my name is Ariba. I'm a second year postgrad medical student at Monash. Um, I did my undergrad in biomedical science, also at Monash. Um, I run two Instagram pages, one focused on productivity and one on positivity, which are two things that I feel quite passionate about and I'm always trying to better myself in. And yeah, thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And yeah, the Instagram pages are fantastic and everybody <laughs> listening should go check those out. And today Thanks. we're going to be focusing more on the productivity side of that and study tips and tricks. Yes. So to start off, many students start university and they're pretty unsure about what studying even looks like, especially at a university level is rather different than back yes. in high school. So can you give us an overview of the basic steps involved in studying and retaining the content you learn? Yeah, sure. Um, I think it's firstly important to just acknowledge that there is no real one-size-fits-all approach to studying. I think that everyone comes from different backgrounds and has different strengths and weaknesses, and that should be incorporated into one's individualised study routine. Um, I can chat about what my study routine looked like and what that meant for me, but I guess it's just worth noting that that might not work for everyone else, and that's perfectly okay. It's not a commentary on someone not being good at studying. It's more just that people have different strengths and weaknesses. Um, for me personally, I think that um, studying and retaining content is obviously a big part of what I have to do every day. So um, I think it's important to firstly just know what your expectations are. So um, that can kind of manifest itself in different forms. It could be um, some lecturers like to you know, provide a set of learning objectives or um, give an overview of what is actually expected or they might actually outright tell you that this is going to be assessed. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just important to be able to like organize that and know exactly what's expected of you so you're not um, overshooting or undershooting in terms of um, knowing what to go for. Um, I think that was probably something in retrospect I struggled with in the past when I started to study. So I think that would be my first key step. Um, from there onwards, I think it's a matter of just trying to be able to like be consistent person. Um, it's really hard to pick up things immediately. And I'm not one of those talented, gifted people who pick up <laughs> things on their first go. I need to repeat it continuously and make mistakes along the way and just kind of go with the flow like that. So I think that's quite important to just be consistent. And lastly, I think it's important to also um, acknowledge that mistakes occur across the studying process. Um, I wish it was seamless, but it's never like that. Um, you will probably make mistakes and you will probably, you know, get stuck, lost, confused. Um, we've all kind of been there and I think it's important to also just acknowledge that that's human, that's perfectly fine, um, and have um, mechanisms in place to just let yourself bounce back if that does happen to happen. Yeah, I think that's probably my three-step approach, um, like preparing advance consistency and also just acknowledge that sometimes life gets in the way and we're human. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's definitely very hard to realise that it's okay to make mistakes and you're For definitely sure. not the only person that 
literally everybody is doing that. Yeah. And, and definitely it's hard not to feel like an imposter at a university level when you are making those mistakes. And I know oh. that's something like you've discussed on your Instagram page about like <laughs> dealing with imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah. And... I feel like I kind of am the poster child of imposter syndrome. <laughs> I think the more I talk about it with people, the more I find that everyone else can relate to that to a great extent. Um, I don't know if that's sad or if that's a good thing, but I think it's just something to take comfort in knowing that you're not alone in feeling in that way. And I think that's kind of helped me out, at least in my own journey. But imposter syndrome is so common, um, I think, especially like in this area and in STEM too, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and the consistency as well is something I'm realising more and more is like one of the most important things with yeah. like learning anything and doing anything with university or outside of university. Yeah. It's not so much about like being able to perform every time to that super high standard, but like yeah. on those days when you don't feel like doing anything, just doing something. Yeah, exactly. And it's better than like, yeah, just not doing anything at all. And just doing that every day is what makes like you be able to achieve those goals. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And it so just took me years to realize how important it was just like to be consistent. For sure. There's this really good quote that, um, I really resonate with that's something along the lines of like anything worth doing is worth being done poorly and I feel like that's so relevant in studying that it's not going to always happen on your first go and that's perfectly fine but I think as long as you kind of stay resilient as hard as it is at times and push through it and like you said like even just five minutes is better than zero minutes and um keep kind of you know soldiering on the effects and the circumstances and I think just the outcomes at the end of the day um, they do speak for themselves and yeah um, consistency is important I'm still working on it myself yes yeah, yeah that's such a good quote to keep in mind yeah. um, do you have any more specific techniques that you find effective for like summarizing and memorizing information as a STEM student uh, yeah um, plenty of them I think like I said, I did my undergrad in biomed and I think over the years I tried quite a few techniques and found some that worked for me and some um, that in retrospect I probably would have like improved on. Um, so I don't think I have a perfect system worked out yet. I feel as though it's definitely a lot better than what it initially was. Um, I think initially, um, particularly like in my first couple of years in biomed, um, it was quite inefficient and painful where essentially what my process was would be like watching lecture recordings and kind of painstakingly writing down every single word the lecturer said word for word because I was really um I think anxious about the fact of missing out like this one word and if I miss that out one word's going to pop up on that quiz and it's going to be like a downward slope from there so I think um it was quite a like labor intensive process because I'd constantly just rewind and write down that one word in that particular way and it was not um, I also found that the way that I used to structure my notes is quite perfectionistic and I think my focus was much more on the aestheticness of it as opposed to the functionality. So I would spend ages trying to come up with pretty pictures and um, nice diagrams and it looked nice but I just felt like I wasn't actually retaining much at the end of the day and in any kind of STEM subject. Um, where it's incredibly um, hunt and heavy, it's not going to be too feasible at the end of the day. 
Um, I think currently the types of techniques that I try to embed that I think have been much more helpful as a STEM student would be um, implementing more active recall into my study. So um, I think um, some people know it, some people love it, some people don't really love it. Um, but it's that like that flashcard kind of app. I did try that. Um, it wasn't personally my cup of tea. I think mostly because I'm not too tech savvy. But um, it, the general principles of it embed different poll and space repetition, where essentially um, you're given a question, you're forced to kind of think through the answer on the top of your head without referring to any notes or resources. And um, Anki is good in the sense that it also embeds spaced repetition into it. So depending on how you go in answering those questions, they will kind of phase that question back to you over a certain period of time. And it's kind of based on, I think, the curve of forgetting or the learning curve. I, I can't remember what that was called, but it's like a psychological concept. Um, so it's quite like evidence-based. Um, I think Anki is probably not my cup of tea. What I try and do instead is I'm um, still kind of incorporate the premise of Anki just into my note-taking approach, where um, essentially when I write down notes nowadays, I tend to write it down as a question. So instead of just writing down paragraphs of, like, let's say, the management of asthma, I would probably more just write it down as what is the management of asthma, and then um, I would hide the notes so when i'm actually reviewing it i am forced to think about what the answer to the question is as opposed to passively absorbing it and i think that shift from passive absorption of notes to more active recall has been um yeah definitely monumental in um yeah like studying and particularly today just because there's a lot more content i find in postgrad compared to undergrad to um navigate that um, I guess other techniques that have been quite helpful for me is also just teaching. Um, I think that teaching is pretty well supported as well by the literature to have a pretty good um, retention rate in terms of if you teach a concept to someone, you will re remember it better. Um, I think it's something that I try to implement to a certain extent where I'll try and teach a concept or just explain it in um, simple terms. And I think it's a good way to test um, in any like STEM subject whether you understand the concept because the process of de-technicalization is a good way to actually assess whether you know a complex subject well enough to de-complexify it. I don't know if that's a word, but de-complexify the subject as much as you can. Um, but yeah, I think those are a couple from the top of my head. Yeah, they're all very good techniques. I never even thought of like the question one before. And yeah. that sounds like a fantastic way to yeah make it more active when you're going over your notes. Yeah, and that's definitely something. Yeah, I think would be worth implementing. Yeah, no, it's been a yeah. huge um, change for me. And I think the like program that I use for it is something called Notion. I'm too sure if you've heard of it. Yeah, but, um, yeah, um, yeah, Notion. <laughs> I could talk all day about Notion, but Notion is <laughs> really game changing. Um, it's a personalized workspace and you can kind of like change it around to your liking but there's a feature on notion with that as a toggle function so from there you can kind of like hide your notes there and it just shows the question so it's pretty nice because i can just i'll see the question but then i can press a button and then the answer to the question or like the notes about it would pop up so it's actually like hidden and i'm not tempted to yeah, listen yeah. Like, oh, oh that's always the temptation when like testing yeah, yourself always. is to like refer to your notes yeah <laughs> i know this i know this yeah like, I, i'm so guilty of it <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I have also used Anki and I did find that useful. But I do understand what you're saying about it being a bit like needing to understand the technology because it isn't yeah. always very straightforward how to use it. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a steep learning curve. I don't think I've fully really like combated that learning curve myself because um it's why I don't really use it too much today. But yeah. I think when I did get around it and I think um yeah, when I did learn how to use it once upon a time, it was actually really helpful when I found that the things that I learned from Enki, like it's kind of drilled into my subconscious. Um, so I think it's probably one of those things that might be worth investing into if you're looking for like long-term recall or long-term retainment. Of yeah. Content. Yeah. And the last yeah. one as well, like teaching other people definitely helps. And it's always yeah. just like going around to my family members and being yeah. like this concept you have no idea about. Always. Yeah. My family is yeah. for me. And it's like there'll be words you like use that you don't even realize are like technical words, and yeah. they'll be like, "What's that?" And I'm like, "Oh," <laughs> and it just opens a whole new. Yeah. Words. But it's it's a good kind of educational kind of word, yeah. and it's definitely helpful. <laughs> Often the hardest part about studying and using these techniques is even getting started in the first place. Like you have all these techniques in place, but then yeah. you don't have the motivation to actually use them. So what are your like the first steps in starting work and like remaining motivated to keep working? Yeah, I'm not an expert in this myself. Um, <laughs> motivation is really fickle, isn't it? I just feel like um, sometimes it's so low and it's really hard to get a start. I'm definitely kind of experiencing that myself and have had multiple incidences this year and just throughout my whole academic life where I've kind of struggled with motivation. Um, I think it's just important to acknowledge that, again, um, it's not necessarily like a you thing or it's not a commentary on yourself. Um, another kind of good quote that just sticks to mind and something that I do tell myself when I struggle with staying motivated is to kind of stick to discipline more than motivation. Um, and the quote that comes to mind is the idea that discipline now is empathy for your future self. Um, so in other words, I just tell myself that if I could get this done today, um, it's going to mean that me from next week is going to be a bit less stressed out. Or if I can get just five minutes of this done, um, that's five minutes less tomorrow. And it's kind of just practicing. Like I, I try and frame it in the way where I think if I do it now or make a start now, be empathetic to myself in the future because it's less for myself in the future to handle. And that's surprisingly worked pretty well it doesn't have a perfect success rate there's some days where that's still not enough but um i think it's made substantial improvements in how i am able to sometimes just crack on even if i'm low on motivation where even if like motivation isn't the driving force it's more discipline that gets me going um but i think things that help me to start work is um probably to break down big daunting tasks into smaller digestible chunks because um, I feel like one of the biggest barriers for me to start work is I just think to myself, oh, that's too big of a task. I don't know where to start it. Like, what do I do? What does this involve? So I feel like when I have something like an assignment that I need to get done, I like to break it down into smaller chunks in my to-do list. So like, let's say it's a, a report or something like that, breaking it down into abstract intro, methods, results, discussion, breaking that down even further and just saying in my intro, I want one sentence on this, one sentence of that um, in my methodology, just stating it like that. Um, it seems silly, but um, it just makes 
scary big tasks seem a little less scary when I know exactly what it entails and that this huge mountain is just made of small steps. And if I can just get a few steps done, that's progress. Um, that's kind of like, I feel like a big part of it is just mentality. Um, I don't think I have the best mentality at times, so I need to continuously reassure myself. And um, these are like sentiments that really help me when I struggle with remaining motivated, which unfortunately is quite common. Um, I also think it's just important to acknowledge that sometimes it's not going to happen. You're not going to get work done today, and that's completely okay. Um, I think it's probably good to also like remind yourself that if that's the case, it might be good to take a step back and probably ask yourself if something is going on, if there's something underlying it. Um, burnout is really common and it's incredibly prevalent, especially amongst people in STEM. So I think it's just important to kind of maintain a fine balance between staying um, motivated, getting work done, being productive, but also taking care of your health, physical, mental, social, because that's more important, I would argue, at the end of the day, um, particularly mental health as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I love the highlighting the fact that, yeah, we do need to take care of ourselves because that's so easy to forget, especially when being like, I should be doing this work. Why don't I feel like doing this? I need to do this. Yeah. But then like, yeah, not wanting to do that. Yeah. And being hard on yourself for not wanting to do that is like, no. yeah, that's not good. And I like the idea of being able to yeah, take a step back and be like, okay, so why do I feel like this? Yeah, and like making it's... sure, yeah that everything's yeah. all right oh that's fantastic yeah. <laughs> now definitely like breaking things down into smaller chunks definitely helps yeah so much because it's so much less intimidating to be like okay I just need to write an introduction or an yeah, abstract yeah. rather yeah. than being like okay I've got this whole report I need right and I need yeah. it done by next week but it's like okay today I just need to do this tiny part and I can get that done is so much more achievable. For sure, for sure. I think it makes it so much more um, digestible to manage. Yeah. And I think also just like the process of writing it down makes me like realise that it's probably not as big of a mammoth task or the way that I'm kind of building it up in my head versus what it actually entails are two substantially different things. I think in my head, I think that it's like a mountain of a task. I'm never going to get it done. It's beyond my means. But I think when I write it down, I think, oh, yeah, I'm like, you know, I got this. Like, it's going to be all right. So I feel as though, like, it just kind of, it's a bit of a reality check. It kind of grounds me. And I think the process of just taking things off a to-do list is incredibly rewarding and um, a strangely, like, big motivator for me as well. Yeah. Yeah, you can see that you're achieving stuff and you're thinking about yeah. what you have done as well, not just what you have left to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I think I'm just addicted to the feeling of just crossing things <laughs> off my list. It's a really um, satisfying feeling. And I think sometimes that's, that's what gets me going and just pushes me to keep going through things. <laughs> You're much nicer to your future self than I am, though. I have a really <laughs> bad habit of being like, oh, that's future me's problem. I don't have to worry about that right now. <laughs> I, know I definitely mean. prefer your mindset for that and probably need to start trying to implement that a little bit more in my life. Yeah. It can easily backfire and I can just feel like, oh, but you know, future me would be happy if I take a rest tonight or to school tonight. So like it goes both yeah. ways. Like um sometimes it backfires, sometimes it works, but I just think practicing empathy and you know, putting yourself first is still really important. And it's something that doesn't get talked about much, I think, in education. 
about like how much of an impact it can have detrimentally on our health. So it's just good to make sure that you actively embed it and take tangible steps to put yourself first. Yeah, yeah. And you're definitely better off taking that time to put yourself first and recharging and feeling better because then you can do work to a higher standard after that Yeah, and just trying yeah. to push through and producing very terrible results. Exactly, exactly. Like it's kind of like the phone um, battery analogy. I think something along the lines of that, that like if you're running low on battery, like it's better to recharge as opposed to like push yourself down to zero. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to it's put it. It's just good to rest. Um, rest isn't something that's intense. Yeah, I think that's definitely some great advice that our listeners can go away with that they need to take care of themselves as well yeah. as implement all these productivity and motivational advice definitely yeah, yeah the priority is look up yourself <laughs> for sure 100%. Um, yeah so thank you so much for joining today and giving all this great advice and answering all my questions yeah so would you like to shout out your instagram handles so then everyone can go check those out oh <laughs> uh, yeah sure um, so firstly, just, yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's, I don't know, like, if I've said anything that's helpful, but I do hope that, you know, someone can benefit from it. That would make me super happy. Um, yeah, my Instagram handles are choosing.productivity uh, as well as choosing.positivity both on Instagram. Um, yeah, if you're yeah. on just shoot me a message, so I don't fight. Um, and, yeah, it would be lovely to just have someone reach out and talk. <laughs> thank you for that and people can find dose of pharma on spotify and google podcasts and on youtube so yeah thank you for that dose of pharma acknowledges the traditional custodians of the various lands throughout australia on which we connect today and pays respect to elders past present and future mm -hmm.